Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr Johnny Seven here as always with Mark Mark, he's back. Reunited and it feels so oh, good. Off. Go back to work, lads. No singing, no singing. <laughs> I've been at singing lessons, that's where I've been. No, as, as you, if you tuned in last week, I, I was on my own and had a bit of a day. No, I wouldn't say I struggle that much, but it's hard work talking for an hour on your own, talking to yourself, talking to thin air. Well, I even fell asleep listening to it. Yeah. That was because I've been doing a crazy week in work, to be fair. I fell asleep listening to your two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, back to our regular kind of day, really. Wednesday to go out on Thursday morning. So, it's uh, who knows how long it'll be like this. But it feels good to be back in our normal slot, so to speak. Busy little week as well. Busy little week as we just worked out uh, the running order. Um, so, it should be a good show, hopefully. Good show, another win to talk about, which was where we will kick off, as usual. We uh, welcomed Norwich City to Goodison at the weekend. We did. I, I'm getting a little bit bored of winning, I think. I, I had this conversation the other day, just before we go on to the match. Yeah. I, I said now, like, I play football on Sunday, and there's a, a few Blues who I play with who, who can't get the game, and they always ask me the next day after the home game, you know, what, what was the match like, what was the atmosphere like, and... It all just seems a little bit flat at the moment, just because we just expect to beat these teams, and then we do beat these teams, like the likes of Norwich. Well, we've got we've got um, somebody who got in touch with us on our, on our social media who makes this point, so we're going to address this a little bit later. But it's good to be a blue, but it's, I suppose it's more exciting when you're uh, down near the bottom and fighting for your lives, or at the very top, fighting for the championship. Well, we are at the very top, really, aren't we? But we're Not still the very, very. We are. We're still in the mix. We're still there. We're still there or thereabouts. But I don't know. I think some certain home games this season, I've just felt like going through the motions, and then we still we still win. And I think this was definitely one of them games. I mentioned this last week about the QPR game that maybe the atmosphere wasn't really great, but maybe the fear of like an upset. Is, like is, is underlying there, and that kind of makes everyone a little bit tense. So they don't really, you know, sing as much. I don't know. What, what do you reckon? Well, I don't think you could use that against Norwich because I think most people, you know, if you'd asked any blue going into the game, I think everyone would have said they expected the win. But wasn't that the same for the Sunderland game? And look what happened there. Well, I suppose so. I suppose so. Anyway, onto the game itself, and as usual, we went to players beforehand, and we were waiting for the team news, but we couldn't get any team news because our signal goes to shit as soon as it hits two o'clock, or anywhere within you know a mile of Goodison. Apparently, this is now being addressed by the club. I know you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but Alan Myers put a tweet out the other day, or saying oh, he could actually put a tweet out, could he? He can, yeah. He probably gets Wi-Fi in his office, or the thought, but he said they are trying to, you know fix the problems that they have around Goodison with getting phone calls and getting internet to people in the ground. It may not sound like a major issue to most people, um, but, you know, you want to check the half-time score. It just, you know, enhance your match day experience, wouldn't it? If you can check your, you know, your scores at half-time, you can text, you know, any dirty cop out, you know, if you're winning or if they're getting beat. It just... Or another re- if, if the match is particularly boring, you could go into WYSIWYG and watch another match while he's out there. That might be going a bit farther. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it is it is a real issue in the modern day because they're trying to push all this kind of stuff 
uh, all the social media links at half time and get up on the on the tag you know, the tag board thing with the uh, on the on the giant scoreboard. If so, you know, make your tweets uh, uh, noticeable on the big screen, and they are encouraging that kind of thing. So it is something you should address. I agree, and I did mention it, and you said, "Ah, oh, what, what would they do that for?" Well, I just thought they wouldn't want to spend the money on it, but I'd like to see them take it one step further and maybe sort of integrate chips into players' minds and then you can text them in-game and give them instructions. What do you think? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I think it's a good idea. What would you, what would you say to who, though? I think I would text uh, Kevin Morales yeah. uh, and tell him not to go to the toilet in the middle of games. I think I'd text Tony Herbert and say, shoot, with loads of O's. He already gets that. He yeah. doesn't need the text for that, does he? Anyway, we do. I don't know why we've completely gone off the track of the knowledge right, game. Five minutes in. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we were around uh, players and we were trying to get team news, and it was particularly late coming in. So we were actually walking up to the match, and we didn't know what the team would be, did we? It was only, it was only when we got down to the front and had to push all the kids out the way uh, at, at Goodison. We had to push all the kids out the way, and then we could see. Uh, you know what? Who was in what camp? So all of, all the first team uh, eleven were over warming up on the left hand side of the pitch, and the subs were warming up on the right. And there were a few noticeable, noticeable absentees. There were, and who were they, Johnny? Uh, Alcaraz wasn't there at all. Yelovich wasn't there at all because he was uh, on the other side of the country, apparently. Um, and Ross Barkley wasn't there at all. He wasn't now. We knew he was a doubt. But we wasn't sure on what extent. To what extent he was doubtful, um, but he didn't make the lineup anyway. And I think what was most noticeable, I think, was the the players on the bench. It was probably, would you say, our weakest bench this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, what we should say though is Jagielka, who was supposedly two weeks away from fitness, was straight back into the starting lineup in, in place of Alvarez. And he was strangely playing the left-hand side centre-back role, which just looked weird, I it thought. It did look weird, yeah. And so Stones um, did enough to impress and kept the, the right-hand side. Well, I think obviously just because, you know... Senior. Yeah, I think so. Just because both of them like to play sort of right-sided, you know, you don't want to put the young lad in a compromising position, do you? And Jagielka's, you know, a bit more, should we say, uh, wise to these things. You'd think, wouldn't you? You would do, yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole lineup, obviously Tim Howard back in goal, um, left back Baines, two centre backs we discussed, Stones and Jagielka, and Seamus Coleman, the best right back in the country. World. World, possibly, uh, at right back. Uh, so from left to right in midfield, in fact, let's go to the two other midfielders, Barth, uh, Barry and McCarthy. I was going to call them Barthy. I like it. Barthy or McCarthy. 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 Barthy is better, I think. Yeah, McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many players are you mixing in here now? McCarthy. That'll be our <laughs> midfield. Gareth McCarthy. Yeah, so, uh, and then we had Pina, Osman, and Morales, and Lukaku back up top on his own. Yeah. Uh, and can you remember how the game started out? Um, not, not really, no. Uh, you know, it. It very much settled into a pattern of play where we were dominating possession as we usually do at home. Majority of play was in Norwich half. I think did they have some sort of chance quite near the beginning of the game? Yeah, I've got a vague recollection. World 
an absolute worldy through ball outside the foot, swinging in towards the goal, and Hooper didn't manage to get it under control, and Howard smothered it a little bit. But it was absolutely amazing ball from their right back, I think it was, someone who was in their right back position, but outside of his foot, and it kind of swung into Hooper, but he didn't manage to get enough of a connection. If he'd have took that first time and, and he'd have put that away, that would have been in the, you know, one of the top goals of the day. But they didn't really have much after that in the first half. I mean, what I did notice from the start of the game was, you know, I was really having a good look at John Stones during this game. And I, I just, I was so impressed with him again. I really was. I mean, OK, Norwich weren't providing a great threat again. And I think we might have mentioned this on one of the previous podcasts. We haven't seen John Stones yet play against, you know, a Suarez or an Aguero or, you know, anyone near that level, really. But again, everything he did was just tidy, you know, so accomplished on the ball. Uh, he really did impress me. Yeah, again, really uh, solid. And not, not just solid, standout. Yeah, you know, he, I'd have that, yeah. He'd, uh, he, he wouldn't always just put the ball out to play like centre-backs have been known to or wouldn't always go back to the goalie. He is going to get caught out one of these days with these little turns and stuff, I've got a feeling. But I think he's big enough to, um, to keep on trying. And I think he's good enough to keep on doing it. Um, there were a couple of like alias chances. There was a, a bit of, bit of a swinging swing crossover to uh, Lukaku where he couldn't really uh, get enough of a connection onto it. And maybe, maybe he should have done better. Um, but I thought Lukaku did a lot more in the first half than he has been doing over the last few games. Yeah, I thought he looked bright. It was, it was one of those games, again, where it's followed recent patterns. We, most of the play was in their half. They were putting a lot of people behind the ball, and we were sort of, you know, semi-struggling to break them down and create clear-cut chances. I would say just because of the overcrowding around the penalty area. Yeah, so the goal didn't come from a um, from a clear-cut chance. It was a bit of a punt up field. We talk about all our passing play. A bit of a punt up field. Lukaku brings it under control really well and uh, lays it into Barry. Was that? I thought that was Rivaldo. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? The one who controlled the ball or the one who uh, surged forward and hit an unstoppable effort past John Ruddy and goal? The, the surge forward and the unstoppable shot into the yeah, far-top corner? it could well have been, couldn't it? Because uh, Gareth Barry scored his third goal of the season and it was very unlike his first two. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough choice for his goal of the season so far, yeah, Gareth so, Barry, so isn't far, it? So far, he had one which was a deflection of uh, Morales, which Morales was claiming. That was offside. Which was offside. <laughs> or the second one, which was one which we, we, we did two two different descriptions of it. One was a worldy dive and header. One was uh, the other, which was more accurate, probably, was uh, where it was bundled up in the air and he kind of nodded home from a yard. Yeah. So, yeah. Screamer, and I think Match of the Day gave it their goal of the day. And it, it, was, it was unstoppable, really. And... Yeah, it's, it capped off a good get, good day for him, really, didn't it? And Roy Hodgson apparently was in the crowd having a look at him, but I think we might touch on that a little bit later. Yeah, we will do, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, a few other half chances, a few efforts. I think Morales maybe had a, a bit of a long ranger. Uh, Osman had a long ranger, you know, a couple of um, deflected shots. But we ended up going in uh, 1-0 up at the break. Yeah, um, and, you know... Again, I, I didn't see anything from knowledge that had worried me really in the first half and I expected us to, to, to build on the lead really. Um, and nothing really happened at half time. It was a bit of a boring one. We didn't have any you know, cheerleaders coming on or 
we didn't have any stewards doing crazy dances. No, uh, we didn't. We, we, we had our own little entertainment where we were trying to make up new songs which were, weren't really catching on that well. There was the uh, Head, Shoulders, Knees, John Stones. <laughs> Heads, Shoulders, Knees, John Stones, Knees, John Stones. They weren't really a fan though, were they, the boys? No, <laughs> they don't think it's going to catch on, but I've got a little bit of hope for that one. I think we might hear that one again. Uh, but then... Second half started and there was no. Don't think there was any changes at half time, was there? No, I'm just uh, having a little little bit of a check just to ch- just to make sure that we haven't missed any of them. I don't think there was no. What what I will say is it was one of the theme days of Goodison. Oh uh, yeah, it was the junior. And day, it was it was kids' day. Um, any reports that you know Rolf Harris, Dave Lee Travis, and you know Freddie Starr were in the crowd. I think it uh, unsubstantiated, yeah. unsubstantiated. Um, didn't really notice anything about it other than they had uh, a pitch, um, what are they called? Announcer. I was going to say introductor then, oh, but yeah. that's that's not a real word, is it? They had Rossi. A pitch announcer. They had the usual Rossi, uh, who I think maybe is in line for getting sacked after he did call Evan LFC yeah, the other week, has- didn't he, on the pitch? Hashtag LFC last week. Schoolboy Eddie. Schoolboy um, So they had like a, a four-year-old, it sounded like, over the tannoy. Uh, announcing substitutions and goal scorers. It was funny though, wasn't it? Because it was like Everton goal scorer. Canisbury, Canisbury. <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> I do the high bit to remember. Yeah. Um, so it was quite funny, but you know, unless you were, you know, unless you were behind the scenes in a club or watching on the telly or whatever, I don't think you really noticed. Much it probably would if it had been live on Sky. It would have sounded funny when it had come across the tunnel. You would have thought. Yeah, but. you had a mini Roberto on the touchline. Up, did you see any of that? What, somebody who looks like Roberto Martinez? Yeah, and he had a clipboard and glasses on. He was Did he being, have brown shoes? I can't, I didn't, didn't notice, but he was being mini-manager of the day. I like it, I like that. Good, these, nice good these little theme things, there's more, it means there's more going on. I did like the retro thing, we, we really liked that, didn't we? The that was my favourite one so far, yeah. retro day, definitely. It was better than the, uh, the Flashdance stewards and this junior day. Uh, so anyway, second half, second half is underway, no changes at half-time as far as we... Remember, uh, now shooting as standard in the second half, uh, shooting down towards the Gladys Street end. Yeah, shooting into the Gladys. And uh, okay. so I want to bring a point up here. Go on then. Now, it's sometimes we give a shout out to people who may be listening to this podcast. Yeah. And the chances of them actually listening, uh, being one of our six listeners, uh, is probably you know quite thin. Um, to the lad who came and sat in the lower Gladys. Oh yeah. Row E, seat 80 for the second half, when you didn't sit there in the first half, please don't do it again, because you've got the biggest head in the world, and I couldn't see, and I had to move seat myself, because he had, he was a big old lad, wasn't he, he was probably about 6'2 in height, but he had the hugest head, and completely obstructed my view. He might have been little, and standing on the seat. No, he was just massive, with a massive head. I might be listening, yeah, but, well, it's up to you, mate. I mean, I could see, all right, so it's up to you. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you you had moved just in time to see uh, our, our free kick in the 59th minute. Yeah, it was a cracker. Yeah, Bainsey uh, had a little bit of a run, didn't he? Maybe a maybe 20, 30-yard run, wasn't it? Came, yeah. Bringing it up, 20, 30-yard run, and he got... Do you think that's why he was too tired to take the free kick? Possibly, yeah. He got side down, and uh, you would have thought he'd... Fancy that after putting all the groundwork in, wouldn't you? But Morales uh, had other ideas, and good job, really. Because I think I don't think it was a bit of a wrong angle for Bainsey, although no angle's wrong for Bainsey. 
It's getting a little bit conge- congested now when it comes to who's taking the free kicks, isn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, you've got guessing, yeah. You've got Bainsley, Bainsley, Bainsley. I'm doing it now. I'm mixing up players. Bainsley Harriet. Bainsley Harriet, yeah. You obviously Bainsley. You've got Barkley and you've got Morales now, who, who all look very, very dangerous, shall we say? Whenever there's and a free you've kick. got Lukaku who fancies it all the time as well. Um, but more of a thump. Yeah, and Delafeu when he's back as well. Yeah, yeah. So that is there's a bit of a queue. I think Morales is going to be on the next few after that one though. Yeah. So from as we're looking on from the Gladys, the right hand side of the box, and he whips it in right footed and puts it right in the top corner. You don't save them, do you? No, it was just great, great connection with it, and he said it. He's, you know, he said it himself. It's his best goal of the season so far, and Kevin Sheedy esque, I would say. Except with his other foot. Yeah, except with his other foot, yeah. Well, it wasn't with either of Kevin Sheedy's feet. It was, it was with one of Kevin Morales' feet. It was a Kev, but not the right Kev. Yeah. Um, and Morales, all game, did a little bit more. We've been wanting him to do a little bit more. Cause we've, 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 maybe maybe he's a listener and he's, he's a little... Oh, bit he's definitely... I, in my mind, he's a definite listener. He, we, he gets up early on a Thursday morning just to download us in my head. Yeah, do you reckon he's re- on the, hitting the refresh on SoundCloud or do you think he's an iTunes guy? Oh, definitely iTunes. Definitely iTunes. Classy. Yeah. Classy Arkev. <laughs> We're not saying that any SoundCloud listeners are, are not classy. However, that's the proper way to do it, I think. Subscribed on iTunes. Yeah. Um, so, great finish. Puts us 2-0 up. And uh, somewhere somewhere shortly after that, it all went a little bit Pete Tong. Not, not a lot of Pete Tong. I know what you're saying. I, th- I think, you know... We were, we were dominating the game, weren't we? We were cruising, you know. And I think maybe... Robbie's had a look at it and thought it was a chance to maybe experiment a little. Now, whether there was a bit of a knock, I don't know. I've not heard anything since the game. Was it, it was Ozzy who went off, wasn't it? No, Pina. Was it Pina, was it? Pina. I thought it was Ozzy who went off and then Pina sort of picked up a knock very shortly after. I thought it was the other way around. Oh, well. I've got the, I, Once again, this is something that we could have looked up before. Well, I'm trying to look this up now and it's, it's only telling me that Naismith came on. And we know that it wasn't just Naismith that came on because we know Heitinger came on as well. Anyway, the first player, first of the players went off. I think it was Osman who went off first. I'm pretty sure it was Osman oh, who went so off first. Oh, so it was the tactical change first. I yeah, think, tactical think, change first. I think you're right. Yeah. That, yeah, tactical changes first, Osman for Heitinger. Uh, we all looked a bit odd and thought, how, how is this going to work now? Because obviously you've now got you know three defensive midfielders on-ish if you think Heitinger's coming into midfield uh, with Heitinger, McCarthy and Barry, which one of them will push up to support, you know, Romelu? Um, but it was it was actually a change of formation and we went three centre-halves. See, I, I'm not sure if it, if it was because that injury to Pienaar uh, when Naismith came on happened so shortly after that I thought then then the shuffle came. No, I thought that we went three centre-half straight away. But whenever it was, anyway, after the second substitution, I think it went a little bit downhill. The play the play sort of changed. Our shape, we looked all over the place. Well, we didn't have any shape anymore. It, everyone seemed to be a little bit, you know, lost at sea. Uh, and Norwich really started coming back into the game. They had a good handful of chances and some really good pressure as well, didn't they? And we looked a little bit... You know, there's been a few shouts to try and maybe try this three-five-two or five-three-two or this wing-back formation with three centre-backs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, from this experiment, I think it's a no-no. Well, I do, and my opinion on it is, and I might just completely be making this up, but I think possibly we were looking at that as 
possibly using it at the Derby at Anfield. Because I, I, you look at the games we've got coming up, and we're you know we're playing West Brom. At, you know, are we going to play three centre backs against West Brom? Well, I can't see it because why would you? Um, and then Stevenage. Well, no, you're not going to play it against them, are you? So, is it? Designed to go away at Anfield, maybe three centre half to deal with Sturridge and Suarez, that partnership, maybe a little bit of extra coverage at the back. Because, you know, three, I don't think the way the Premiership is currently out, you know, you're not going to play three centre halves against many teams because most teams play one up front, so why would you have three centre halves against one striker? Yeah, I think it's only. It would only be out to, you know, playing, playing two strikers, so the only teams who are doing it at the moment would say, oh, are Liverpool and maybe City, who've got um, Negredo and Aguero yeah, I mean, or, or Jeffo. Neither of them are playing like a rigid four four two in any way. No, but one it drops, just, one drops. Yeah, one. it just happens to be, you know, I think both of them have sort of, you know, got similar formations with three attacking players. Hmm. Um, but it just seems to be that they're the, you know, like old-fashioned strike partnerships in, in a way, you know, Sturridge and Suarez uh, and, and obviously Negredo and... I yeah. think it'd be a shame. Agreed, though, as you mentioned. I think it'd be a shame to go there and play that way. I think it shows them a lot of respect. Yes, yeah, so do I. I agree. And, and as we saw at the Norwich game, uh, I don't think it's a system that we're ready for yet either. Because we, we, we just do that against Arsenal, and Arsenal look much better. Yeah, and we we sort of went to pieces. I thought when we started playing it, um, I, I'm probably fortunate that Norwich didn't really get a goal back. No, so we, we did manage to hang on, and we got. Say, I say hang on, it wasn't like... like it wasn't like the Alamo. The wall, we weren't sitting know. there where we think we're going to lose it. It wasn't like we were against Sunderland where it was like, you know, off the line and off the post bar and everything, amazing saves from the keeper. Off the post bar? Post bar. Actually, although they did hit the bar from your man to watch with a bit of a downward header which bounced up and hit the bar from Snodgrass. Yeah. Um, but Probably should have finished that in all fairness. He, yeah, he, he could have done, yeah. I jinxed him. You did, well done. Uh, but you know, two 0 and it was apart from the little bit of pressure. You know, I think you know if they'd have scored, I think we probably would have you know stepped it back up again. And I think it was quite comfortable in the end overall in the ninety minutes. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think you you're right in that. I thought the two lads who came on, I thought Heitinger, you know, didn't do anything at all to sort of build any confidence uh, back in himself, uh, and Nick Smith again. He it's, did do a little bit. He was battling hard, wasn't he? There was a little bit... Naismith, we talk about yeah, hiding it. Naismith. Yeah, he, you know, he, he's busy, his work rate, but again, you know, he just doesn't do enough for me. And there's, you know, when he, I think he, he tends to break pattern plays up that we have. I don't know if that's being a bit harsh. Little, he does this little pirouette, doesn't he, when he gets the ball and kind of looks around uh, for the way to go and then doesn't he doesn't tend to... Find that killer ball. He'll often drop it off. So you know, I think when we're defending, I think he grafts hard and he'll put it in and he'll he'll challenge for the ball. And he's a good outlet. He's surprisingly good in the air for like a relatively little fella. Um, but it's that that extra bit of like star quality when you need a through ball or you need someone getting on the end of a ball. He doesn't really have it. No matter how much you know. He tends to get stick from the crowd or people on Twitter and Facebook. I, I think every Evertonian should remember this one fact. The other alternative on the bench that day was my guy, Gay. 
Yeah, and uh, no, just no. Exactly. Just no. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what he offers as a footballer at all. He's got no pace. Stephen Naismith is Pele compared to my guy Gay. You know, he looked like he might be all right. He might develop well. And he looked, he looked like he might be pacey when he first came into, came into Everton. Uh, and he, he can't... He, I think he had one good cross. He's had one, de- one decent strike on goal, which I think he scored... But other than that, I don't think he's got any redeeming qualities. I, I was shocked to see him on the bench, actually. And I know, obviously, we're Everton geniuses, as you can tell by our insights on this podcast every week. Um, but I think a few people in the crowd around us were saying, I didn't even know he was still at the club. Yeah, thought he was on loan. Thought he was on loan. Um, well, well, I don't think he'll be on loan next uh, on the bench next week. No, I don't think so. No. Um, but anyway, I mean, you know, that's a 2-0 victory for the Blues. Uh we haven't really had a decent uh, record against Norwich, uh, so you, you probably you, you predicted two 0 didn't you? I think I did actually, yeah. Yeah, because you, in your you did, in your little phone report you did for me, you said a two 0 and I think that's you know it's comfortable comfortable enough. Uh, we weren't really hanging on that much. Uh, who would you give your man of the match to? Again, it was one of those games where I thought there was quite a few, you know. Really good performances, but nothing massively stand out. Um, it's for me, it's either Barry or Stones, and I think just because of the strike, I think he Barry edged it for me. Completely agree. That's what I was going to say. That the fact that he got the goal and he broke the deadlock, and it was a great finish, uh, and he, he pretty much controlled the midfield. Uh, McCarthy, as always, you know, just keeps it ticking. Just. Up and down. James McCarthy time. is an 8 out of 10 every week, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Pienaar did a little bit more. Morales did a little bit more. Lukaku did more than he has been doing, but I still want to see more from him. Stones did well again. Um, but yeah, Gareth Barry, definitely. And if Roy Hodgson was watching, then I think you know he stepped up his case a little bit. So another good uh, home performance. Um, and hopefully stands in good stead for the, the games coming up. Yeah, and we shall leave the Norwich game, the Norwich review there, and come back in a sec with a little bit of Everton news. News! Well, it's time for the news section, and the first piece of news was um, a bit of news that came out just before the Norwich game, which was possibly one of the worst-kept secrets in football. We got to the game, uh, and as you said, we did what's become our usual pre-match uh, build-up now of pushing all the kids out the way uh, to try and work out who's going to be in the team and get some photos for the website. Um, and there was an announcement over the tannoy that there was going to be um, some very special breaking news about two or three minutes before kickoff. Yeah, and it was... It was something I joked about last week, and I said, we're forever going to be talking about this on our Everton news, week after week after week, until the end of time. And fortunately for us, uh, it was actually, it finally broke. It did, and it was the unveiling of a new player, and there'd been talk that this player was at Finch Farm earlier that morning, so it came as no great surprise to us, did it really on the day, whenever it made the announcement. Uh, and we signed Ada McGeady. Finally, after all months and possibly years of speculation. Yeah, so the, the ins and outs of, of the uh, the actual deal, we don't know what the fee was. It was an undisclosed fee, um, but the original option was to uh, actually sign him in the summer 
sign him now on a pre-contract. But I think Bobby wanted the extra legs in and uh, brought him in. So he's available from now. Yeah, it's undisclosed. It's probably a small fee. Probably, you know, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand, maybe 500,000 tops, I would have thought. Um, so it, he was unveiled on the pitch at Goodison. Uh, and when he first walked out and he was on a big screen, I thought he was possibly a fan who'd won a competition. Because he, <laughs> he, he didn't like, really didn't. look like a footballer, did he? He looked more like Aidan McGreedy, I'd yeah. say. Than he did look quite hefty. I've seen some pictures on like uh, the Everton Instagram and Everton Twitter since. And he looks quite trim, so maybe he's... I think it's his body shape, you know. And yeah. it's, I don't think it ever flatters yet when you, you, you double up uh, a football shirt with a pair of chinos. Yeah, possibly not. And there was a little debate as to what number he'd have on the back of his shirt and whether it'd be the number seven. But there was no number on the shirt, so... Um, Has he been given a squad number, I do you know? I don't know yet. I, I haven't seen anything come out. Um, but it might be. It might well be the number seven, might it? See, I've seen this Aidan McGreedy thing on, on a couple of, you know, Facebook posts and that, and I thought it was just because he was a bit of a greedy player, and now obviously it's because he, he likes to eat McDonald's. Well, I think it's, it's both reasons, double meaning, isn't it? So, have you, have you watched any, any YouTube videos of him or anything? I've, the only one I've seen is this McGreedy drag... I'm going to call him McGreedy now, anyway. McGreedy drag back that he does, and have you seen this clip that's knocking around that's against, like, I don't know, some... Random Scottish team, they're all the same, aren't they? Because they're all crap. Uh, Kilmarnock, or let's say it was Kilmarnock, it probably wasn't, uh, where he, he basically does a little bit of a, a drag back and flick off that looks probably like it's come off Soccer AM showboat uh, and beats a man and whips a ball in. I've seen a few. I, I watched uh, just a YouTube compilation, which was about five minutes, called Irish Beast. And I think it was while he was at, um, while he was at Sparta. What was that, Sparta? It was Sparta, Sparta. Yeah. Got my, nearly got me Moscow's mixed up then, and um, and he did that this little trick, and you know this trick was na- like you know it, it, it's it's named after him now apparently the McGeady turn or right okay, um, and you know a few lollipops, stepovers, and he lo- looks very skillful. Um, whether it's like the old Peter Beagley kind of skill where he beats a man seventeen times and then fails to get a cross in, is uh, or whether he it, it, there's a product at the end of it. Uh, is another matter. I think the, the opinion on this sign and before we signed them has been so, so split, hasn't it? It has, but at the end of the day, you know, Roberto wants him, Roberto's seen something in him, so we go with it, don't we? And, you know, That's it. he's a blue. One thing Everton and the Goodison Park faithful like is a player with a bit of skill and a couple of tricks and, you know, like a winger that gives you something, Andy, that, you know, we, we everyone likes that in football, don't they, so... Just picture this, like, you've got those yard dogs and you've got Mutant Flanagan in the derby and it's nil-nil. I think the derby might come a bit soon for him. Nil-nil and you need a bit of flair to come on. And he, lolly- My guy, guy. Lollipop, lollipop, whips the ball in, Lukaku gets in, puts a winner in. You know, a bit of skill, but keys to open uh, unlock this, this there. Well, not so tight defence, but... You know, sometimes you need a bit, some, that little bit of magic, and it looks like he has got the ability to put that little bit of magic. And I've seen a couple of stories where uh, I think Martin O'Neill challenged him. You know, said something about uh, was it Maradona to keep you up with a tennis ball? Yeah. And he he, he said uh, something like uh, doing two hundred, and McGeady was uh, didn't stop until he got two hundred, uh, and then said something about uh, somebody else like Pele or somebody else doing another couple of hundred with a golf ball so he went 
and he did 500 keepy ups with a golf ball. McGee did. McGee did. So he definitely got skill there. So had he been offered the cheeseburger if he did it? At the yeah, end? possibly. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing with him really is you know where does he fit in in the pecking order of sort of playing down one of our wings? Because obviously you know you've got Morales, you've got Pinar, you've got Osman who can play out wide. You've got you yeah, know but Osman can play out wide. He's not a wide player. Yeah, yeah. McGeady is a wide. No, player. but you, you've obviously got you know Pinar Morales first choice, and then you've got Delafeu who shouldn't be out too much longer. You've got um, Oviedo who can play on the left. So you know you you now got McGeady. That's that's five sort of out and out wide well, players. So wh- where do you think he fits in in that running order? He is he ahead of Delafeu, for instance? I think he's ahead of Naismith. Well, Nate Smith's not a wide player, though, is he? Let's face it. It's just a we diff- all know that Nate Smith's probably best position is playing inside, or you know, maybe he's off a striking like the Kale sort of role. I think he's just a different option. I think it'll differ game to game. I don't think we'll have a. How much playing time can you see him getting between now and the end of the season? I think he'll get the odd, the odd twenty minutes here and there until like over the next um, over the next five six games. Maybe he'll, he'll have a total of an hour or so. My prediction is he'll make his full debut against Stevenage. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a bold one. But no, it's definitely definitely see that. Um, but as you know, as as we said before, he's he's a blue now, and you know whether that people's opinion on him differs or what. Welcome aboard, and you know, well, just completely behind him. Go back to the podcast at the start of the season and let's uh, remember the discussions we had about Gareth Barry and how people were, you know, had the reservations about that deal uh, and and James McCarthy as well, how people had the reservations and anyone who who says now that they weren't sensational signings, the pair of them, uh, need their head tested. Yeah, I mean, he's probably cost two bob or something, so he's, it's not a high-risk um, high signing, really. Shall we, shall we have our... Scouts um, teach the world Scouts lesson of the day. Two Bob. Two Bob is what I'm going to pick out. Just uh, once again for any of our listeners who, who's living abroad or in different parts of the country, two Bob basically means uh, if, you, if you think about English money, I think one Bob is five pence. Five pence. So two Bob. Bob is ten pence. So it's it's a a turn that means not a great deal of money. So two, the, we, we have two separate types of bobs. We have two bobs and ten bobs. So two bob is the lower, and that's 10p. Ten bob, 50p. We don't go in a 20 bobs for a pound or anything like that, do we? You may hear the phrase, he's got a head like a ten bob piece. Yeah. Sometimes, which means, which means in, in English money, a 50 pence piece is shaped like a hexagon. So if a player head is a ball and it doesn't go straight, it ricochets off on a funny angle. That's when we use the phrase... He's got a head like a ten bob piece because he's got a head like a fifty pence piece. Yeah, school back to school. Yeah, there you go. Not only insight into football and Everton linguistics. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, I can't remember where we were up to. Uh, we were just finished talking about McGeady, and just what I, the last point I want to make on this is uh, it increases our Irish contingent. So there's now four. Well, we've got McGeady, notable anyway. McGeady, Seamus, Gibbo, McCarthy. McCarthy, and also Duffy, who's out on loan at the moment. And Duffy's out on loan. You've got those four who are like first team, full international uh, Ireland players. Um, McGeady in. It was one in, one out, wasn't it? Well, 
I don't know what. Is he out? It's I like still, the hokey cokey. This isn't it. I still don't know whether this has been confirmed. News broke, and I was I was out DJing on Friday night, and I saw one of our listeners uh, emailed our page actually, and it popped up on my screen. Uh, I guess Yalovich won't be in the start. Oh no, sorry. I guess Lukaku will be starting up front tomorrow then. And so I went straight onto Everton's Twitter and found what he was talking about, and it was that um, Everton had agreed a fee with Hull. To take Yelovich over there. Yeah, it's rumoured to be in a region of uh, seven to seven and a half million. Seven and a half million. I mean, it's a good price. Uh, I mean, it's still not completely uh, done and dusted. You know, uh, it's still only 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 in the works. I think he said that he wants to move there. He spoke to Steve Bruce and he sees him as leading their attack. Yeah, as far as my understanding is, as we record this now at whatever time it is, uh, half four on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, he's the fee's been agreed. Uh, you know, personal terms have been agreed. Um, I heard a rumour he was having his medical today, um, so it's pretty much done and dusted. What we are hearing is that maybe that they want to announce it as a double deal, Hull, um, and they're also after Shane Long, who was an Everton target. Uh, and they've agreed a similar deal with Shane Long. But I think Hull have got a little bit of internal strife going on at the moment where the chairman's threatening to pull out of the club if he doesn't get his name changed. And I don't know whether that's possibly holding the deal up because why would he want to invest in two strikers if he's going to walk away from the club next week? Yeah, well, possibly. I've heard that the the Long deal um, isn't um, isn't really happening anymore. But I've also, I mean, there's been a few rumours as well that um, Jalovic keeps going to sign the signature in the box, but missing. Anyway, terrible. <coughs> sorry, sorry, Jalovic. I'm just shaking me. I know you can't hear me shaking my head, but I'm just shaking my head at Johnny at the moment. Right, we've got a few, a, few, a bit more transfer stuff, but um, I think we can come back to them in a sec. We've got uh, a little bit of news. Uh, injury news is that Ross Barkley is out for three to six weeks. So we, we heard that he was Fractured out. Fractured toe? Yeah, we heard or he was broken, out. broken... Whenever we talk about injuries from now on, we're going to do the the doctor's explanation and the real explanation, and this will become apparent why in a, in a probably in a few <laughs> seconds. So the doctor's explanation for this is a fractured metatarsal, and the not better, just better is he's got a broken toe. He's broken his toe. Uh, so this is this is why that would become apparent. Uh, Alcaraz, who didn't make the starting lineup, didn't make the bench uh, in the game on Saturday against Norwich, and why is that? The what was the doctor's version? The doctor's version is that Alcaraz is suffering suffering from muscular fatigue. And what's our translation? He's tired. He's tired. Yeah, <laughs> he wants a kip. So there's been a, we had a few. We, we put this on our Facebook, and we had a few people saying, basically, don't be alas, alas. Are we doing another translation? <laughs> yeah, two in a day. Alas basically means I don't know how to explain this one really. Mean. We don't know. I don't think we know where this originates from, do we? Alas. But yeah. it basically means, yeah, don't be mean. Don't be derogatory. Yeah. Don't be unfair. Yeah. If you're being alas, you're being unfair on someone. Shady. You're just using another term. Yeah, you're using another scout's term. Yeah, so he, he, um, somebody said that he came back too soon just to cover, to plug the gap that we had in defence and maybe he's feeling it now. So, yeah, fair, fair play, it was, but it was funny. He's tired. Yeah, he is tired. I'd be tired as well. He's sitting in the house watching Breaking Bad box sets on Netflix. Can't be bothered getting out of bed. Uh, so, he's having a week off. 
Okay, so they're the two uh, the two injury pieces of news that we've got. Uh, the other bit of news, we've got another bit of news regarding Barkley, and that is that he is set to sign a new contract, as is. Yeah, it broke the other night. I think we're gonna the, the players in have all gone away this week, haven't they, to Tenerife for a bit of warm weather training, i.e. a jolly. Yeah. A nice little holiday the for The pitching I saw at Tim Howard. He didn't look like they were doing much training, did no, he? he looked like he was uh, topping up on his uh, on his tan a little bit there. Getting a bit he? of a tan with Bainsey pulling strange uh, faces behind him. It was it, it was very close. It looked, it was, he was very close to be wearing Speedos as well. That's not cool, Tim, is it? It's not. It's not. And, you know, you're running the risk there of, you know, revealing a bit of ball control, aren't you? To be fair, like, but we all know that Tim's ball control isn't the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why. Warm weather training. I wish we could do some warm weather supporting. It'd be nice, that, wouldn't it? Yeah. And we suppose we could go over and cheer them on. It's not, it's not hard to get a little plane over to Tenerife. But, uh yeah, good. I mean, I think it's a 10-day gap, isn't it? Because we're playing on West Brom on a Monday night, uh, you know, it's quite a lengthy gap, so the players can get away. And, you know, I, it, there was people, you know, Everton supporters sometimes, some of them just wind me up, and a lot of them would come out saying, why are we wasting money on this? We could have bought a player. Don't they get paid enough? Why are we paying for holidays for them? You know, being a football team is a lot about having team spirit and have a morale and anyone who's been away on like a lad's holiday or something will know that you know spending time in, in situations like this and bonding you know is a big thing and I'm sure they're training every day out there you know while they're out there they're having the diets monitored and you know it's a recharge of the batteries isn't it in a, in a cold British winter and you know I just wonder with this though what's it, what's it probably going to cost a club 50 grand yeah yeah I, a I, Seamus I, Coleman I wonder how um, how prepared it gets you, though, to come back and play in the cold. Well, they're all used to playing in the cold, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if, uh, I, I think it's good anyway. I mean, as you say, you know, a bit of bonding, uh, try out a few new things, and, you know, get get the new lads bedded in a little bit. You know, get McGeady bedded in a little bit. Uh, and also get a feel, you know, I mentioned about feel good factor on the site the other day, and I don't think it's any coincidence that they land in Tenerife and then a couple of days later you start hearing rumours that Barkley and Baines are both signing new. So this is where this is this in. is the news point, yeah, about on the verge of signing new contracts. Well, because the bands, I think the club's great if they've just been taken to Tenerife. It's all sunny. They're all having a beer and they're all having a laugh. Any details on the Barkley contract that you know about? No, just that we're probably going to pay him a shitload more money. Yeah, whereas the details of the Baines, which is the other bit of news, other bit of contract news, Baines looks set to sign a four-year deal, which will make him the highest player, highest earning player at the club. Right, uh, okay. And that's going to be over the next few days, apparently. Right, okay. Um, so, you're probably looking at Baines, he's going on to a contract there of about... I'm trying to work out what our highest paid player, and it, it, surprisingly, I think it's, I, I think it's Heitinger, you know. I think it's Heitinger about on about fifty, fifty-five. Well, I thought he was on slightly more than that. I thought he was on sixty-five. So, yeah, I think probably Bainsey's probably looking at about seventy grand a week, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, good on him, and hopefully it's enough to keep him. 
Well, to the news, we, we want to... I mean, it, you know, he said to me, over this January transfer window, you could either sign a new player or you could sign up Baines and Barkley on long-term contracts. I'd have definitely took the Baines and Barkley deals. OK, more transfer stuff. And this has been a right one this week. So far, um, on Monday, it looked like this deal to sign someone we talked about the last couple of weeks, uh, last couple of weeks, Michi Batshuayi, it looked like it was going to be going ahead, um, especially with Jelovic going out the door. Um, Liège have apparently said this is going to be a stumbling block, that they want a full £7 million. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, from what I know about this, Liège have put a bid in, haven't they, the last couple of days, for a striker from, one yeah. of, from a French club uh, who's a young lad. Um, so I think, by the looks of it, Bashwai's on, on his way out. Um, and I think probably the only thing holding up the deal at the moment is we want to use the money from Jelovic to pay for, for him. I mean, £7 million's not a massive amount of money, is it, really? But Hull aren't going to give us £7.5 up front for Jelovic, though, are they? Yeah, but it's still, once you've got that, you can put that on your, you know, your, your balance sheets or whatever, whether it's coming in, in over a, you know two years or whatever, you can still balance the books, can't you, and, and do it a similar way. So um, I still think that deal will happen. Apparently, um, they're fuming, standardly age. Uh, this lad is meant to have the same agent as Morales and Lukaku, and not many no, people aren't meant to know about this clause, this minimum fee release clause that's in his con- contract, which is seven million, and they're fuming that it's got out. And where where apparently fuming means angry, angry. Yeah, they're angry that this this uh, this knowledge has become public knowledge, and Everton, you know, apparently agreed to meet that. But, again, no deal is underway as yet. Uh, but then, obviously, a bit later on in the week, there was obviously talk of maybe other strikers coming in. And <laughs> it went. <laughs> let's just say it didn't really... They weren't the names we were expecting to be linked to. Yeah, so first one we can pretty much rule out straight away because he's signed a new contract. It wasn't really major rumours, was it? But there, there was links to... Well, this one, this one, that one wasn't. Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole, yeah. There was, there was some talk, Carlton Cole, I don't know where it originated from. Um, obviously, he's on a short-term contract at West Ham, or he was, but he signed an 18-month contract at West Ham uh, today, uh, much to my relief, because I don't rate him. Yeah, I'd completely go with that. The, uh, the other one, which has fueled loads of rumours and loads of uh, back and forth this week, is that apparently, uh, one... Um, Stoke striker called Kenwin Jones went on strike yesterday because uh, is he on strike? Is he? Well, this is this was the rumor. This was the rumor from. Did he, has he got like a fluorescent jacket and a bin with a fire in it, and he stood outside the training ground shouting scab at like uh, you know Matthew Edmonton and yeah, <laughs> Charlie Adam. But, well, this, this I like was... to shout scab at Charlie Adam. Actually. This this is because uh, apparently they uh, Stoke refused him a move to Everton. Uh, and I haven't heard anything about us being linked with him before. Uh, why would we be? Did Kenwin Jones not come out and tweet a couple of hours later? Don't believe what you read in the papers. After after a lot of to and fro, and a lot of like Twitter went into meltdown with Everton fans saying, "What are we after him for? That's a step backwards." Um, and why are we getting rid of Yelovich and bringing him in? He's, he's worse than Heskey, and uh, you know many other similar comments. Uh, the, the, the craziest one I read was um, 
an Evertonian who came on one of the pages and said something along the lines of, that's it, Bill Kenwright has now got to go. He's, where's all our money gone? And he did mention the Arteta money, which annoyed me immediately. Uh, but I started saying, we've got 60 million quid and we're buying Kenwin Jones. That's a disgrace. It's a step backwards. At this point, you know, I think the only... This Kenwin Jones story, just I think it originated in the mirror. Yeah. And it, it had no founding in fact. Um, and I think, and my point is, you know, if we are going for Kenwin Jones, then obviously it's Martinez must want him for a reason. Right. If, if it is a true story, which we still don't know if it is. I've got a little, you know, a little, little theory. I've been waiting for this because you wouldn't tell me before. Right. If, for example, if you look at our bench players, uh, you know, our, our, let's take, for instance, our goalkeeping situation. If we've got Tim Howard, we've got Joel, and we've got Springthorpe. If we get rid of Springthorpe, we're not going to go out and try and sign Buffon or De Gea, or Joe Hart, or someone like that, are we? No. We're going to get someone, not even like the, the tier below that, we're going to try and get someone like Sander Vesterveld if he was still playing, or do you know what I mean? You know. Well, I think it'd be a young keeper, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, this is why we were so shocked the other day when Butland came on for, um, for Stoke, wasn't it? Yeah, because they've got three top quality keepers. They've got three top quality keepers. Although we didn't look very top quality against the shite the other day. No, we definitely did not. Um, So, if we're letting Jelovic go, you know, the talk about Lukaku going in the summer, and we're not trying to replace Lukaku now, as yet, just just yet. We're probably going to try and bring someone in, but this is the theory that I'm, I'm kind of working off. We're being linked with those kind of players who... Wouldn't demand come in and demand a first team play straight away, like Kenwin Jones, like Carlton Cole. That's why they're going to be they'll be relatively okay being at Everton and being on the bench and getting twenty minutes here and there. Whereas if we go out and sign someone like Batshuayi, is he okay, going to be you know it's for seven million on you know on pretty high wages coming from a club in Standard Liège where you've got quite quite a good reputation themselves? Is he going to be happy? Getting 10 to 20 minutes here and there. Right. I see what you're saying. My theory is slightly different than this. And my theory is that, you know, why are we being linked with Kenwin Jones? Well, I think, you know, if if there is some truth to it and if Martinez is interested, is he just not the type of player that would now fit into the system? We have a system. We have a, a way of playing, you know, and we have Lukaku up front. So... The easiest way for that system to keep its consistency is if Lukaku's not playing, having a striker of the same ilk. Now, I'm not saying that Kenwin Jones is anywhere near the quality of Lukaku because, you know, that's not the case. And to get someone who was going to be the same quality as Lukaku, you know, you're going to have to pay ridiculous money for him. So, is it just the fact that Martinez... You know, for instance... When Baines was out and Oviedo coming, they're very similar players, aren't they? You could say Oviedo is not the quality of Baines, but it didn't affect the system. And he came in and it was a natural fit. Uh, and, you know, you could say the same with maybe Delafeu when he would come in for Morales, for instance. You know, again, just eased into the team, similar fit. So I think Kenwin Jones could be Lukaku for the last 20 minutes of games. Possibly. A few years ago, he was... 
really highly rated. He had that season at Southampton, didn't he, where he terrified defenders? I'm not saying we should sign him. I'm not saying we should. But and I'm not saying that, you know, Roberto is after him or anything like that. But I'm saying if, if Roberto sees something in him for a million or whatever, then as a as a squad player, again we'll go back to the example we used before. He's gotta be better than Maggie Gay. He's got to be better than Maggie. He's got to yeah. be. Wait, wait, I mean, he's probably better than uh, a better option than as, as much as we as, as we'd like to see Valios maybe get a go. He's probably a better option than Valios see, realistically, isn't he? Well, he is obviously because he's experienced that level and he scored goals at that level. The only thing that sort of the flip side of it for me is because you know we'll try and be balanced here uh, is that he can't. He doesn't get a game at Stoke. Well. We're not Stoke. Yeah, we're not Stoke, but surely we should have a, you know, our sights set higher than somebody who's yeah. a, a bench warmer at Stoke. And we've just gave all the, the the sort of pros for him. And now the cons are. I personally don't think he's a. Good, I think we should be looking at more quality players. I think than that's that. what. Fe- that and if there is money around, why buy a cheap alternative now to then maybe look at buying? Another player a bit further down the line who's the more expensive op- version. But I think that's the, the real bread and butter there of why people are feeling like let down by this because they think uh, that we should be aiming higher. Right, we should be aiming. But they, they think he, everyone on our, on our bench should be able to walk in any other side in the team, uh, any any other side in the league. Sorry, um, but the reality of it is you've got to, you know, we might be we're going to be linked with players like that. We're going to be linked with. The likes of Man United players, we're going to be linked with the, the players like Anderson rather than the Roonies. We're just going to be linked to these players because otherwise, you know, what, are we going to just poach from the? If 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 Stoke had a, you know, top quality striker, we probably would we be linked with them, and we'd probably have to pay ten, twelve million for them. Well, I, I I don't know at the end of the day, but I suppose when when you're looking at it, um, you know, if you were a pair of centre halves. Would you want to play against, say, Lukaku and Kevin Jones at the same time? Probably not. And you I wouldn't, would you? They, they, they two would scare defences because uh, they're both big units, big strong lads. Um, so I don't really know on this one. I can't make my mind up which whether it's a load of rubbish or whether there is some merit to it. I, I think it probably is a load of rubbish. But uh, if that's if if that's um, if it does come out. Then I think him, you know we'll, we'll just have to trust. Roberto. We He's not going to cost a great deal I of think, money. Is he? I think the shit will hit the fan. I think people will start going, ah, you know that's it. You know, and and like you said, I think uh, Ken Wright will get crucified on it. But you know, the, the reality of it is, are we going to go out and send uh, spend? Um, you know, if you look at it, Jelovic, who was a striker who couldn't make it on, you know, couldn't couldn't get in past Lukaku. He's going to go out. He's he's going to go out for seven and a half million, and we're going to get a bench player for a million. That's the reality of it. So, it does make sense. Um, and I think it might not be Kenwin Jones. It might not be Carlton Cole, but it'll be a player of of that ilk. I think. Can I just ask you what your thoughts are on this rumor going around that we're possibly trying to sign him for a million so we can send him back to Chelsea? Uh, pretending he's Lukaku, so we actually just buy Lukaku for a million pounds. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether to comment on this at all because I wasn't sure how racist it was. It's not racist just because they look like each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we should do that. 
Um, right, okay. So transfer. I mean, this is the usual transfer kind of stories going around. I mean, we haven't. We obviously, we talk about Baines and Barkley, and they haven't been linked with anyone this week, fortunately. Cause well, because they signed a new contract. Signed a new contract. So that's a, that's the transfer stuff. One in, one out, and you know that other kind of talk we just discussed. Uh, one final bit of <coughs> news, so to speak. Uh, Gareth Barry's come out and said he hasn't ruled out. Well, there's two con- con- uh, contradicting stories come out this week. He hasn't ruled out the f- uh, his, his opportunity of playing in the World Cup in Brazil in the summer, and then. Another story came out about 12 hours later saying uh, he hasn't really thought about it. He's, too, he's focusing too much on uh, his Everton career at the moment. I think that's probably the same story, isn't it? Is he it he hasn't thought about it and that's why he hasn't ruled it out. I'm sure he'd uh, jump at the chance if it was offered to him. So I put this out on our Facebook um, like if you uh, if you think Gareth Barry should be on the plane to Brazil. And loads of likes, like you know, over 100 likes. Um but comments, most of the comments went, were, no, get him signed up, get him a Finch farm, make sure he's signed up for us first. And what are your thoughts on that? I think I said last week, I, I'd pay a fee now to sign him now. I really would. Yeah, but we're at the World Cup. Um, you know my thoughts on England. I prefer Everton players not to play for England if possible because it's just a way of getting injured. But at his age... You know, you can't be grudging me, can you? No, I wouldn't. I would be happy. I, I, I hope he does get picked because on his form this season, I think he's been easily the best English central midfielder in the league. Easily. I, I think uh, in order for him to make the selection, he's going to have to do something outstanding. If he does something outstanding, that means we're playing well. So, yeah, I mean, if, that, if that's... What if, do you mean by something outstanding like he's got to win the league, for instance, or the FA Cup? Or pushes, pushes into the Champions League... Uh, and keep us there, uh, keep us in that Champions League, league spot, and and or win the in, in, in the FA Cup. Yeah, I think he's going to have to do. He's going to have to do a lot more than younger midfielders will do. He's going to have to do a lot more than Ross Barkley will have to do. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. I love that. Um, so no, no Leon Osman in the World Cup next year. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I think Gareth Gareth Barry's uh, jumped over that. John Stones. Too soon for him. I think too soon as well. Maybe, maybe uh, the Euros in two years. Oh, I, 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 I would put money on now that he will play. That he will go to those European Championships. There's always a young player, isn't it, who makes the the squad, but then gets dropped uh, from the uh, from the final squad. Yeah, or or sometimes you know there's just one who just just makes it out of nowhere. Like you know, Depends Walcott on. a few years back just yeah. suddenly just I don't think he'd even played in a friendly. He went to a World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, I think with Walcott getting injured, I think that means Barkley is a set to go now. I think Barkley is a set anyway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the end of a, a rather long, a lengthy uh, news. A lengthy, lengthy, long and lengthy, lengthy, lengthy. I like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lengthy news section. So we'll uh, have a little breather and uh, come back with some of your thoughts in our social media section. Do we have a social media section now? All changing out here, so. <laughs> well, that's a surprise to me. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. 
This is our new social media section, which isn't really new. We kind of do this thing most weeks. I've just never really called it a social media section anymore. When you said <laughs> we were having a, a social media section, I thought we were going to have to talk about like little videos of like babies talking to each other and you know cats. All, all this. Yeah, yeah, cats. Cats do the most hilarious things type stuff. Um, so I'm glad it's just us talking about our Facebook. Yeah, uh, we, we've been sent a, a clip on a few thoughts, which before we go into our thoughts on stuff, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll play this. Uh, I can't work out how to download this, sorry, Carl. So you might sound a little bit tinny because I'm actually just playing it through my phone into the microphone. Hi, guys. Carl from Australia here. Just a quick one, really. I think Everton are doing great. I'm fed up the Everton fans being so negative. you just got to trust Martinez when it comes to signings. Jesus, Kevin Jones would be a good squad player for one million. Um, just a quick one, really. Just being in Australia, it's an absolute nightmare to try and watch the matches. I reckon um, Everton TV should be um, doing a subscription next season. And, like, if we could pay a couple of quid or whatever it was for each match and just stream it live on, on the computer, that'd be so much better than having to pay for some Tanta sports out here in Australia as well as Fox Sports just to see the FA Cup games. Absolute nightmare the other weekend. We couldn't get to watch any of the matches. I know it's the same in um, America. They, they deal with the same issues. So just wondering whether, um, you know, they're not bitter. Uh, just better podcast could maybe have a word with Alan Myers and see what we can do because... Um, trying to follow the blues from out here can be a nightmare at times. All right, lads, keep up the good work. Take care, bye. Well, firstly, Carl, I think it's a disgrace that you don't just get yourself down to go to some park. I mean, what is it, a 50-hour round trip or something? What, what, what's wrong with you? No, but it's, it's a good point you raised there, really. Um, you know, especially for worldwide blues, I think the club could do more on the website. Um, I'm pretty shocked that you thought you thought that. Alan Myers would listen to us, though. <laughs> yeah, we've. Um, I mean, we, we tweet him every now and again, and um, you know, he's, he's a busy fella. Let's just say. I mean, we we tweeted him about the when we were trying to get the shirt sold in uh, in Ireland. I think he retweeted that. Um, but you know, we, it's something that we could try. I, I know we'll give it a go. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Indeed, uh, I think it's a good idea. Um, there is also that uh, that not very well known way of watching matches which uh, myself and Mark Mach do not endorse at all. Which this is probably why you won't, you won't retweet us or this is probably listen why, to yeah. us. It, it, it's something that rhymes with hizzy hig um, <laughs> but begins uh, if you replace those H's with W's uh, you might get a decent stream on the match day um, other than that you know, I, I can see them doing it. I mean the the, the M, NBC Sports Extra deal that uh, you've got in the States, I'm not sure whether you've got it in Australia as well, where you can stream any game. Uh, I mean, it seems like an amazing one for me for the Premier League, but as you say about the FA Cup, I mean, that's another matter. It's a completely different sponsorship, different coverage. It's like over here. I mean, who, who, does ITV who covers the... Um, ITV and BT Sport have got the, uh, the, the FA Cup games. And both of them are a pain. Yeah, and Adrian Childs, at least. You just thank your, your lucky stars you don't have to put up with Adrian Childs introducing ITV's coverage because he's a horrible man. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely send a tweet over to Alan Myers. Uh, we don't think we're in the good books with Alan Myers at the moment anyway because uh, a lot of websites and other podcasts 
uh, got invited to a little sit down with Roberto Martins the other weekend. Where was our invite, Alan? We're supposed to be on the mailing list for these events uh, and and didn't hear anything. So, yeah. Who, who needs Everton? If we were typing this, this would be P, a lot of F's and a T. Who, who needs Everton? We could do this podcast without ever. Uh, no, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would not be to just better podcast. No. About, about uh, uh, we could just do scouse translations, couldn't we, for an hour and a half? Yeah, that'd be good for no ones. Um, anyway, cheers, cheers for the uh, for the message, Carl. I know you've got another couple uh, couple of bits of feedback on our questions, which I will get to that uh, now. Uh, should we just go through them, uh, pick out the best ones from the questions I put out this week? Yeah, let's have uh, Johnny's Facebook corner. Uh, I normally have this on me uh, on me computer, but my computer's having none of it. It won't let me multitask today, so we're just recording on it. Uh, so, Mark, do you want to get one of the questions up on your <laughs> device, <laughs> and I'll have them on my device? It's not working very well this so far. Uh, let's see. The first question I think that we put out there this the week. Game. We got a couple of bits of feedback on that. Uh, question number one for the week was what are your final thoughts on the Norwich game uh, and the additional question there is comfortable when could have been tricky question mark and we will discuss this on this week's show uh, first comment on that was Michael Blakey won and West Brom is another game win it <laughs> short and sweet simple that sounds easy when you say it like that doesn't it uh, Sean Moran I think echoes our thoughts on this a little bit only a little bit though uh, a little disappointing. We could have and should have uh, put the game to bed within the first half. Our players very good to watch. Letting them have chances towards the end was a little bit nervous. Something needs to be done about the Goodison atmosphere. In these games, it's just not there. Well, Nor- we mentioned that at yeah. the start of the show. Norwich had 1,300 fans there and made more noise than the rest of us. No, that's, that's I right. Don't know, I, I don't agree. know where you were sat, though, Sean. Um, I don't think there was much of a murmur out of them, do you? You did hear them a few times, uh, and obviously, you know, wealth of numbers, we should be easily out-singing them at home. Uh, do you want to go? Uh, well, I'm obviously looking at a different question that we put out there. Okay, I'll stick on this question then, and I'll come to the, the second question in a sec. Dan Emerson, again, who we, we know listens in the States. As nice as, as nice as we looked on the ball, Norwich had a few very presentable chances. A more confident forward line would have punished us. Got to cut these lapses out. Three points though, and ultimately, ultimately that's all that matters. Up the toffees. And Dave Bennett, who, again, uh, we mentioned a few times, he sits behind us at the match. Uh, swapping to 3-5-2, F does up. I didn't want to F-bomb that time. Um, again, we touched on that. Yeah, we, yeah, as we say, we, we fully agree with Dave. Not, uh, we don't always. No, we very rarely agree with Dave, but uh, he's actually said something semi-sensible there for once. Only semi-sensible. Semi-sensible. Uh, right. He did give me some weird as originals at the match, though, so I'll, I'll let him off. Yeah, nice one, Dave. Uh, looking at another question we threw out there the other day, uh, we were asking uh, basically what people thought of the transfer windows and uh, the transfer window uh, and the deals that we've done so far uh, and whether people were confident that it was going to be a good window for us. Uh, and obviously, we threw out the names we spoke about earlier, you know, Kenwin Jones, Beshwine, see what people thought. Um, Daniel O'Regan was the first person to come back to us and said, it won't be Kenwin Jones, because that would just be daft. <laughs> yeah, well. Fair enough. 
uh, I think that quite a few people echoed that sentiment. Uh, Tom McGain said, not Jones, those days are behind us. Um, and then we started to get people suggesting that maybe we were going to sign him and send him back to Chelsea. Uh, yeah, John Paul Brennan, cheers for that. Um, uh, David Calverley, I think I've said, I hope I've said that right, said, Roberto has managed to find a system where Naismith looks a good player. If he does bring Jones in, I think we should trust him. What system have we found when they say it looks like a good player? No, I, 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 kind, I, I kind of see where he's coming from a little bit. Where, he, where he's got that outlet play and, you know, the ball goes over to him and he does win an awful lot of headers. He doesn't always, he's not as always productive as he could be, but he looks all right, doesn't he? He doesn't look awful, do you think? No, but I still expect more from him. Uh, Mark Blake, uh, who's a mate of mine, has put a comment on saying, I'd like us to sign Holtby and... I thought that said Michu yeah. to sign, but actually says Michi. Um, so, uh, obviously, Bashwai. And there has been a little, few little rumours about Holby this week, but I think he's looking at going back to Germany because he, he misses Germany, doesn't he? And Schalke are in for him, so uh, I think he'd cost quite a few bob as well. Uh, Colin Swift, go for Benteke. Well, I think he might cost a little bit more than, than Bashwai. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, probably looking at about 20, 25 million, so I can't really see us going for that um, and that was pretty much uh, the majority of it Craig Clinton's echoed your thoughts about it happy if the best left back in the world and Barkley signed deals um, so that's what you said before as well so we, we kind of agree with that bit uh, the final question uh, which I put out there yesterday uh, what changes do you see for West for the West Brom game on Monday obviously no Barkley, Barkley or Jelovic for very different reasons uh, Rich Lancaster was the first person to, to come back to us on this one, and he said, "A new striker." Right. Okay. Well, possibly. I mean, it's what. I sign a new player and put him straight back in, put him straight in for the game. I, I very much like, on that. the bench, maybe. Uh, Sean Hogan, Messi on the left. Does he mean it's Messi on the left? Or no, I think he means we're going to sign um, second runner-up in World Football of the Year. Uh, Lionel Messi and he's, he's going to make his debut against West Brom on a cold wet Monday night uh, and playing the left wing for Everton on, Monday, on the month yeah on the month Barry Dempsey uh, I, I haven't really thought about this just a thought but I wonder how Lukaku will react to playing West Brom will he go missing or have a go against his old club that's quite you know quite quite interesting that very interesting um, Carl Rollins who, who from Australia who, who was on the podcast a few minutes ago I think Maggie will make way for Aiden with that unchanged team so team stays the same a couple of slight changes a change on the bench really I can see that happening as well uh, Sue Petulio what's happened to Oviedo he scores the win against Man United then gets put on the bench well, I'll tell you what's happened to Oviedo Leighton Baines is fit he got stitched up that's what happened to him Baines came in took his spot so he got pushed forward onto the lap, that left wing position and then because he didn't perform as well as he should have done because he's out of position, then he just gets dropped. Poor Brian. Um, and, and that's what our listeners think uh, you know, will happen in the game going on to Monday night. Um, and we're going to have a little short bit of music or an ex-Everton player uh, and then we'll tell you what we think is going to happen on Monday night. I am Ian Snowden and you're listening to the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast.
So Monday night, eight o'clock kickoff, sees us make our visit down to the Midlands to play West Brom away and the Hawthorns. So return fixture to what was one of one of our more disappointing performances this year, a nil nil draw uh, when it was all very much early days in the Roberto era. Definite drop point, I think. Yeah, looking back, you know, we thought they might have had a good season uh, around that time. And they haven't had the. This was the game where Malumbu played really well, wasn't it? When he when they came off. What score was it? 0-0? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing, disappointing draw. Um, but yeah, West Brom have gone on to not really, probably they're not where they want to be. I would say um, they're currently sitting 14th in the Premier League uh, with 21 points, uh, so not too far away from possible relegation places. Really. Well, uh, that's and Sorry. Um, there's six, six, uh, six points separating 11th and dead bottom. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? It so is amazing, they, they really. They are very close to, be dragged, to be, being dragged into the, uh, like a bit of a relegation dogfight. There's so many teams down here now who can get pulled into trouble, like you're saying, and West Brom are definitely one of those teams. Um, obviously, due to this, they've decided to go with a, a change of coach rather than manager you would say because of the system that they have in place uh, their management structure so Steve Clark got the boot uh, it seems like quite a while ago now really doesn't it it's probably about a month ago was it maybe a bit longer yeah it really does yeah um, and they brought in is it Pepe Mel I've got no idea no, and no idea the game against well he's a, he's a Spanish coach he's an older fella uh, apparently he's knocked around quite a few Spanish clubs I, I can't say I know a lot about him because I don't um, but he's going to be taking charge of his first full game against ourselves on Monday. Um, whether he'll have had time to, to ring the changes in, I don't know. Uh, West Brom's last result was uh, on Saturday just gone and was a, a 1-0 away defeat to Southampton with Adam Lallana scoring the only goal of the game. Um, and looking at the, you know, the West Brom team on the day, uh, you you go through it and there's nothing that you would think would should really greatly cause us any problems. Um, they started off with Shane Long and Nicholas and Elker up front. Whether Shane Long's still going to be there? Yeah, uh, going he, into he, the game on Monday, he could be. Uh, he could be on our bench. He could be long gone. He could be long gone. Yeah, uh, and obviously they've got an Elker who's a, a, a wily old dog, isn't he? Uh, Has he not been suspended over that uh, gesture? No, I think at the moment that's still rattling on over in France, but uh, you know he, he's still getting picked to play. Um, they've got. I, I do think the strongest part of the West Brom team is the, the centre midfield partnership, which is Malumbo, who we mentioned, and uh, James Morrison. He's quite decent, James Morrison. Is he up and down, up and down midfielder? That your beautiful song was. Yeah, was a bit course. annoying, wasn't it? And then I don't think his second album done anything after the. He, he, he had that middle of the road, you know, hit. He was better when he used to be called Jim Morrison and he used to be the front man for the doors. Yeah, correct. Um, and then they've got, you know, out wide, they've got that Alma Fatano and they've got uh, Chris Brunt knocking about. Who's, good, good, uh, good, good uh, set pieces. And uh, uh, the other fellow who you mentioned, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. He scored, Alma Fatano. Yeah, he scored a worldie against uh, Man U. He did, yeah. And not done a whole lot since. Uh, and then the, the the back five of uh, Ridgewell, who's very experienced, uh, Jonas Olsen. Hold on, just a sec. Before you go on, it's 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 great when you when you've got nothing uh, good to say about a player, so you just say he's very experienced. Well, he is Liam Ridgewell. He's very experienced. 
<laughs> He's very experienced at playing football in the Midlands. Jonas yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Olsen, decent centre-half. Uh, Macaulay, mediocre centre-half. Um, Reed, a full-back. Uh, and uh, Foster in goal, uh, who we, we all know. Um Nothing that really should cause us any problems. My only worry is, obviously, the you know new manager syndrome. It's a Monday night game for them. If it's anything like Goodison, that should pick their crowd up, should get their atmosphere going. Um, I see this as a, a potential banana skin, you know, I really do. It and I don't be. know why, I've just got a gut feeling. Because I'm looking at that team on paper and I'm thinking, we should breeze past them. Um, we think that against most teams at the moment, and sometimes we do come on stuck. Yeah. Um, I would say Mark Max man to watch this week, uh, pending any new arrivals at West Brom, um, is you know I'm going to go for Malumbu, who you know really did control the game when they came up to Goodison Park. Uh, it's an obvious choice because we've already mentioned them, uh, but I think if he has a good game and he can sort of stifle uh, any attacks that we have and break down any counter attacks, for instance, I think that will probably stick put West Brom in, in good stead. Um, I don't want to say it, but I, can, I think possibly a 1-1 draw. I think this game is one of those ones, you know, we like our stories, we like, you know, we, we, we like looking for our stories. I think this will be one of those games where Lukaku might get a goal and not celebrate it. You know, and it's on yeah, the well, telly. Fair play to him and, if he doesn't. And, and not celebrate it um, and, you know, and maybe get a, a, a cheer of appreciation from the West Brom fan. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see that. I could, yeah, I could see Lukaku scoring for us, uh, and I could see West Brom getting an equaliser. And I, I, I don't know. That's just what my gut feeling is. Possibly a one-one draw. Um, I can't see us getting beat, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I know you don't like to make predictions, but are you sort of thinking we may drop points here? It's a tricky one. I wasn't thinking we were going to drop points in the in the home game. It it really is. I mean, there could be some pressure on us. Uh, you know, with, with the way the weekend's game go. I mean, if, if Tottenham are right on our heels, and you know, Liverpool might be like four or five points ahead of us by then uh, in the top four, and United are chasing us down as well. If we don't, you know, we might be under a lot of pressure. We might we might end up sixth or seventh. Yeah, it's so, true, and it, you know, is this this is our last league game before the derby, isn't it? Uh, we've got so. the we Stevenage got, game, haven't we? Got so. Stevenage, have we got we got Villa at home after the derby? Yeah, that's after, that's after, after the after derby. After so after. you'd obviously want to win this game to keep momentum up going into into the derby. Um, so the, there is a little bit of pressure there, and I mean, I can't see any major changes in the way that Everton are going to shape up from the Norwich game. Two things we know which aren't necessarily changes from the Norwich game, but we know there's no Barkley and we know there's no Alcaraz. We also already know that, that out of the long term, uh, there's no Gibson, there's no Delefeu, there's no Kone, of course. Is there going to be a distance? Do you think he might make it? Possibly. I think maybe he might be on the bench. Um, but would you... I don't know whether... Is he worth the risk before the derby, do you think? No. I don't think so. So, And I've got no problem with Stones playing in this game. Um, again... I don't think they've got amazingly world-class strikers that are going to really, you know, cause John Stones and, and Jackie Elka too many problems. So um, I'd expect us to be pretty much unchained, unchained, unchanged, even. Hopefully, unchained, because Unch- that means we, we might we might 
unleash the beast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't see a whole lot of changes. Uh, I, I think uh, PNR, if he shakes off his knock, he's done enough to keep his place again. I think Morales with his goal and his overall performance, he shouldn't be dropped down again. I certainly can't see Johnny Heitinger starting at the back of a, th- a three-man defence, well, can you? No, it's funny this, isn't it? It's like, you know, the past couple of home games, uh, a few fellas behind the road and said, oh, that's definitely, you know, he's definitely saying goodbye. And he's still here. How about Johnny Heitinger? Yeah. And he's still, still going to be on the bench on Monday, I think. Yeah, so pretty much, I think we're both in unison there, aren't we? really think that it'll be an unchained side. Uh, why do I keep saying unchained? What's wrong with me? You're thinking of Robson and Jerome. I am. Put an unchained melody. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so you're going with a one-all draw. I'm not going to predict because I don't do things like that anymore. You never really have. Well, I did it once and, <laughs> and it, I think it might have been the, the West Brom game. I think <laughs> it was, actually. And we, and we Is got, that why you retired? And we got stung. <laughs> so, um, so that's it. Um, as I say, we do need to get three points. We definitely do, I think. Um you know, to to keep that momentum going into the derby. Um, so let's hope my prediction is wrong. Yeah, let's hope, and let's hope we can go on and get at least a couple of goals and go in there with into the derby with a bit of confidence. I mean, Roberto might chuckle, and we might see McGeady play from the start, for instance. Yeah, I mean, he might lose a lose a stone in Tenerife. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Stuck him in the sauna with a, a bin bag on, and you you never know, do you? But um. Some, yeah, some Epsom salts in a bath. <laughs> He's not going for a boxing match. Uh, so that's it for another week on here on the podcast. I think that we're not going to do a random play this week because no. we've overran again and we're yeah, looking no, at we'll, an we'll, hour twenty already. An hour twenty. If we, you know, we, we will start doing this feature, and I think it's going to be quite challenging for us, which is maybe why we keep putting it off. Probably. Or other, or other than that, the fact that we just keep on waffling too much. Yeah, that is another point. <laughs> Um, so next week's episode will feature obviously the recap of the the West Brom game, um, and then we'll be looking forward to the Stevenage away in the cup. Yeah, I just want to mention about that. Our mate Paul, we haven't mentioned this for a few weeks. Our mate Paul, that's since eighteen seventy eight, he's um, he's put together a few uh, away packages for the Stevenage deal. I, I think it's very very limited. Uh, I think they're about sixty five pound for the overall uh, overall deal. Follow him on Twitter. At since 1878 co UK so at uh, since 1878 co UK. No I thought you were going to say C U N T then when you were well, talking about Paul. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further with that. Um, and just just a bit of early warning, really. Um, Paul's just in the process of arranging a night at the moment, sometime in April with uh, Big Joe, Big Joe Royal. Oh yeah. The- a couple of days before my birthday, the 11th of April, yeah? Yeah, it's going to be an intimate dinner. It's going to be where we have our match day lounges, a player's lounge on County Road. Uh, and if you want tickets, uh, if you fancy coming to meet Joe Royal and hear him tell stories of, you know, his back in the day, Everton in the 60s, and also winning the FA Cup in 95, um, if you contact us, we'll give you tickets at a discount rate of £10 instead of £15. Yeah, and uh, one final one from Paul as well is... Uh, I- very very limited spaces left on this, and we'd like to do this what, like once once a season really. Uh, last season we went to Chelsea. The season before we went to Newcastle, which I don't remember much of. Uh, the, the end of season trip this year round is away to Hull, an overnight to Hull, um, and I think there's a handful of spaces left. 
but really get in touch if you're interested in this. Get in touch. I think I think it's quite a good deal. I can't remember the actual price. I think it's, I think I might be wrong, but I think it's 110 pounds, and that includes match ticket. It includes you travel down there and an overnight stay in a decent hotel with with me and you and. And some fella called Ian Snowden. And Ian Snowden, yeah. So it, it promises to be, uh, no matter what the result is, like a, a good a good opportunity to get away with a, a few blues overnight. So, uh, and that's about it for the plug-in card side of things. And that's about it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. As always, if you're listening on SoundCloud and have an Apple device, I should just record this so I can play this at the end of each week. We could probably just record 70% of this podcast and just... Replay it every week, couldn't we? Really? Yeah, at least the McGeezy bits done now that we, that we've just yeah. been, just been replaying that bit every week. We can we can bin that clip, can't we? And anything Yelovich related, possibly. Yeah, Yelovich. No more Yelovich talk. Um, Thank but God. But if, if you are listening on a, a, on SoundCloud and have an Apple device, uh, or you want to listen to it on the go, you can listen to you can subscribe to us by searching "Not Bitter, Just Better" in the iTunes Store or "Not Bitter, Just Better" on the Stitcher app, and you can save that and listen on the go. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And Mark, do you want to add anything else before I've got one more yeah, thing to say? Yeah. If anyone's got any comments saying that the podcast better when Johnny's on his own, don't bother posting it on social media because it'll just upset me. Yeah. As you know, we're pretty uh, pretty light-hearted, and we have a little bit of banter, a little bit of humour on here. But uh, the final thought of today's show, I just want to say. Uh, a little little thought for the family of Bobby Collins, who passed away yesterday and played 147 times for the Blues uh, from 1958 onwards. Uh, so I just want to say rest in peace. Cheers, Bob. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Catch you all next week.